0: This week on the Habs Forum, the Montreal Canadiens are one win away from the Stanley Cup Final. Do you believe it? Justin, I'm no.
1: You, do you? <laughs> no, I don't.
0: Cause I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they didn't expect it. I mean, I believe it now the way they're playing, they're playing amazing. So, Hey, it's, it's exciting. I'm sure everyone that listens to this podcast is enjoying this. I mean, it's, it's the best we've seen in our lifespan. Unless you remember 93, uh, it doesn't get better than this. I mean, so there's been a lot of games since uh, our last episodes. I mean, uh, last episode we recorded, uh, they had just played game one. Uh so uh a lot to talk about since then. I mean there was a lot of drama with the refereeing uh the some uh, games the Canadians didn't play so well, some games the Canadians played basically perfect games. It's just I don't know. It's just that to, to think that this is the same team we talked about like throughout this season is is is, is insane. But now tomorrow on Saint Jean of all days, the Canadians could book a trip to the Stanley Cup final in Montreal. I know. It's it's incredible. So, uh, I mean, we'll touch on all that. And of course, we have uh, we have one question from Twitter, as always, at the house forum on Twitter. We always love answering your, your questions. So send them over to us uh, as much as possible. Uh, but first, Dustin, uh, let me know who the sponsor is.
1: The Habs Forum brought to you by Manscape.com. Check out Manscape.com. The all-star lineup at Manscape.com, including the new Lawnmower 4.0. Great products. Again, guys, at least here in Quebec, things are opening up. It's getting hot, and uh, well, you if you want to get hot with uh, some of the, uh, of, you know, that you meet at the bar or whatever. Check out manscaped.com, use promo code Habsform to get 20% off your purchase and get free shipping. Definitely a great investment post-COVID, guys. Uh,
0: I love how your energy level is always at the highest during the the kind of, like, manscaped I mean, I'm
1: talking, I'm talking about shaving my balls. Of course I'm going to be excited, guys. <laughs> and you could be this excited if you go to manscaped.com.
0: Uh, All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so anyways, let's get into it. So, like I said, I mean at, at the end of the last game, uh the Canadians that lost four one wasn't looking great. The big talking point though is that Jeff Petrie was obviously sorely missing uh on uh on the on that lineup. And, and it just kinda like put into focus what uh we've talked about as being this team's weakness for a while now and not and which is puck moving defenseman. And when you remove the one that's good at it. Makes a big difference. And he came back in game two looking like a – literally looking like a man possessed. I don't mean the way he was playing, but uh, <laughs> he literally looked like he was possessed. And it, it, made, it made a world of difference. It's it's just it, – it just changes absolutely everything. I mean I do think his his hand is still uh, affecting him when it comes to like, like – I feel like he doesn't have as much power on his shot. Like he took a wrist shot yesterday from the point. And it just it doesn't have the same kind of like going straight for the top corner velocity kind of thing. But aside from that, I feel like nothing else. He hasn't missed a step. And it's just – he's really like an essential part to this team and not really being talked about that much, I find, during this run. But that one game showed us how important he is.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I think he's been probably the least – or the I, I guess the most underappreciated Hab probably for the last two, three seasons and, yeah. and really even since he got with the Habs, I mean – I don't even know how many years it is he's been with the Habs now, I think about six, but uh, I mean, yeah, uh, obviously if you weren't already sold on how important Jeff Petrie is to the Montreal Canadiens, we, we saw it in game one, how they were sorely lacking that puck moving defenseman yeah. on the back end. And what we saw from them basically from the rest of the series since that game is just absolutely night and day. And like you said, I mean, he absolutely looks like a man possessed with those red yeah.
0: eyes i mean it, it made for some some great memes and it, it was fun reading uh, uh of course his wife um i'm blanking on her first name but she's very active on social media so she was t- posting a lot about uh you know, how how they had to warn the kids about it and the kids were pretending like he was like a villain in in, in one of their video games or something along those lines and uh, it it just it's just like that's why we always talk about it on this podcast how those those defensemen that can play top minutes that can move the puck they they, they transform your team it's because what happened in game 1 is you have guys uh, like Gustafson and Kulak and like when they, when they have needed to play, I mean, not, I don't want to talk too poorly about them. It's not like they, they're horrible uh, necessarily, or, or even a guy like Romanov It's just that like, when you're missing a guy like, like, like Petrie, what's happening is those players are playing too many minutes, right? They're playing minutes. They shouldn't be playing. So it just kind of brings everyone's role down. It's on defense. You see a huge difference. And I mean, one, we have been pretty lucky on this run, when it comes to uh, when it comes to injury. And uh, I mean, knock, knock on wood, if, uh, if, if it keeps up like it is, because that game, it was night and day, right? After that 4-1 loss, it came up to 3-0 uh, lead, playing really, really well. But then the one thing, though, and I was happy yesterday, because yesterday, again, the 3 nothing lead, I feel like we've had a lot of 3 nothing leads in these playoffs. And so often the teams squeak back, you know. Yesterday, only got the one goal. So we were able to kind of breathe a little bit easier, even though I was extremely stressed out. but they brought it to three two on that on that game two thing. it's just it's just nice to see that we've actually closed out because I still have those those Toronto games that we ended up winning in overtime, but I still have those in the back of my mind where they blew those leads they, this team has to hold on to those leads when they have them,
1: yeah, absolutely. i mean, if if there is one thing that we could maybe you know a, a negative that you could take away from the way that the halves have played throughout these playoffs i would definitely say it's that that you know they tend to to get off and we've seen it quite a few times in, in the toronto series even in the winnipeg series you know I, i'm thinking about game one where they were up three nothing and you yeah, know winnipeg sure. almost came back uh when before jay kevin got hurt but yeah i mean it seems to be a constant thing that we're seeing that they just sort of take the take their foot off the uh, off the off the gas and uh and and let the other team get back into the game you know they allowed the one goal last night but uh but i mean you know they 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 were they held strong and definitely they bent a little bit if they didn't break last night and and you love to see it and i mean you know carrie price for as good as he's been throughout these playoffs
0: he really hasn't had to steal much oh, here absolutely Phillips. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, absolutely. Like it's it's been like he's been super solid and he's been a crucial part to the team. But like one thing that can get so annoying online when all these like haters are always like, oh, they're only winning because they price only winning. It's like I saw someone make a point of like if the Maple Leafs, for example, pulled through and beat the Canadians and Matthews has a, had a masterful series where he scored like five six goals. Like, no one would be complaining saying, Oh, they only won because of Matthews. Like, yes, you win when your top played star player plays well. Like, that's just what how it works. Like, why is it when it's the goaltender? It's such a big deal. <laughs> it's like, yeah, our highest paid player, our best player, our star, our franchise player is helping us win games in the playoffs that's how it works guys that's how it works yeah. no one's ever won the Stanley Cup with their star player playing like crap you know like it's it's not it's not rocket science here It's just said he's a goaltender so it's a, it's it, i guess it's different in people's minds but it's re, it's really not
1: no exactly it's that's a really stupid way to 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 look at it i mean like you said i mean we're paying him 10.5 million dollars a year he is uh, i believe the highest paid goalie in the nhl and obviously the highest paid goalie in the nhl and by quite a large margin the highest paid player on the team of course we're going to be leaning on him as much as possible and like you said yeah if, if matthews or if you know, I mean, uh, you know, if if whoever uh, th- that we're going against is lit it up throughout the whole series, if they were scoring a bunch of goals, then you know, no one would say anything. But uh, for whatever reason, because it's the Canadians, because it's Carey Price, it's a big deal.
0: It's like, it's like for example, looking at the the, the Golden Knights, uh, who I would say has probably been, in my opinion, the the, the top player for them, uh, has been Peter Angelo. Like he's the guy that when he's on the ice, I always notice him. Uh, he, 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 he drives the play super well and he is also, I'm taking a look right now just to make sure. But, uh, yeah, so Mark Stone's paid more than him, but still, still Peter Angel's like right behind him and he's a huge part of that team. And like, no one's going to complain if it's all thanks to him that they win, that that's what those players are there for. Price is just the goaltender. You know, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's such a tired excuse, but by, 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 by bitter fans and I'll, obviously I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let them better it, be better. It doesn't matter. Although this series has been a bit of a unique experience as a Habs fan because if you're active on on Twitter or uh, like I like to go on the on the the hockey subreddit uh, or the the Habs subreddit, the, the Canadians in general are not a team that usually ha- gets a lot of bandwagon fans from from other teams. So it, that people can, are are passionate fans of the Canadians or they seem to hate the Canadians? Uh, but it seems like people hate the Vegas Golden Knights even more. Uh, and not in a small part because of the refereeing and how that's been going. I mean, we can talk a long time. I mean, all the focus has been on Chris Lee, but even before the Chris Lee situation, the first couple of games weren't very well ref refere- until yesterday's game. Pretty much every game was poor. Some were worse than others, but none of them were great, if, if you know what I, what I mean. And you go online, everyone's rooting for the Canadians now. It's it's it's, it's kind of it's nice to see. Th- and also, I think guys like Nick Suzuki and Cole Confield, I just... How can you not root for kids like that? They're so fun to watch. We're so blessed to have those guys on our team right now.
1: Oh, it's crazy. And and not not even to mention Kakiniemi. I mean, and Romanov who's who's, you know, obviously not playing right now, but I mean, yeah, there and it, it's crazy how they just seem to always step up in the biggest moments. Uh, you know, I mean, the last two seasons Kakiniemi, during the regular season struggled big time. You know, obviously two, two seasons ago, he was sent down to Laval this season. I mean, it, at times he was sitting, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't even playing at times and both these play this playoff and last playoff. I mean, he's been an absolute force. I mean, yeah. and that's what you want. You know I mean? Uh, take a look at a team like Toronto where all their players choke and their highest paid players always choke and they can't rely on them. Well, look at the Canadians. We're getting solid play from our highest paid player and our young kids just step up their game when it's the most important.
0: And like when we were talking at the beginning of the playoffs, we were almost talking, but like we weren't necessarily expecting. Well, we definitely weren't expecting this type of a run. But all we we kept saying was, at the very least, we wanted the kids to play and to get some good experience. And and no matter what happens going forward, this run has been an absolute success for for the future uh, of of this franchise. I mean, the, the I think we're going to be looking back on this run, talking about how. Like wow, this is this was the beginning of what we we're gonna get in the future from Suzuki and Caulfield and 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 hopefully Kachinami gets to that point too there with the, the consistency in in the regular season because it, it just it feels like they're coming out party as much as they did play well last year too of course this is this is a whole other level right because now and it, now it's a deep run right like they, they they they've made it to one win away from the Stanley Cup final it's getting noticed throughout the league. And, and the fact that Suzuki's doing the way he's doing it, too, against a team that traded him away, I mean, the, you, you got to think he, he he really, like, he plays with so much heart, and he gets knocked around. Like, he's been a target for the, of this Vegas Golden Knight team, and he just pops right back up every single time, like nothing happened. And then he, he gets a game like yesterday, where, it, it, I mean, the, all the kids ha, ha, had played well yesterday, but he had uh, three points, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Every single goal yesterday was around one of the kids, and it's just... It's exactly.
1: just amazing. Uh, the Canadians last night played probably the the uh, I don't really even think it can be argued the most important game in franchise history since 1993 Yeah. So that's roughly what 28 years? Their most important game in franchise history in the last 28 years. And who scored the four goals for the Canadians? Suzuki. Uh no, was it all four goals? No, Aristols. No, Stall had one. one. Stall had right. one. Airstall,
0: of course, is not a uh, part of the future uh, of this team. <laughs> However, the Eric Stahl goal came off a beautiful primary assist by Nick Suzuki. So, the, exactly. so, so that's what I meant, that like all four goals. I mean, the, the star of that goal is Nick Suzuki, not to yes, make anything definitely definitely, Stahl. definitely, It Nick was Suzuki. a great fi- finish by by Stahl, but like it was a great play by by Suzuki. And, like, and same thing on, on the Caulfield goal. It was a turnover – uh, by Suzuki off Mark Stone, which he is, he's known as one of the most resp- responsible players in the league. So for Nick Suzuki to create a, a, a turnover in this in central ice, off of Mark Stone, and go straight to Corey Perry. And that that was my favorite goal. The Cole Confield goal yesterday, because Corey Perry gets a partial break, and as old as he looks on the ice usually, I mean, no, hey, he's been fantastic with the players, but he's noticeably old and slow. He was at the end of a shift, and he looked like, he was playing on one of our beer leagues on that partial break. Like he, he was completely out of gas, but it didn't matter because he had the vision to pass it back. It, like that looked like the plays I do in NHL when I have a breakaway, but I know I'm better on scoring on the cross cr- cross crease than on the breakaway. So I just, I'll wait for the guy that's lagging behind to pass it behind me and it makes no sense, but that's how I scored the goal. That's what it looked like. It was hilarious. And then Caulfield he just, he has that finish. We have – we finally, we've been talking about this for years. It's been the puck-moving defenseman and the fours with finish. And, oh, my God, Caulfield is the is, – he's the best finisher since – I mean, Patch Reddy, I guess, is the closest one you can start talking about a, a little bit. But even then, was Patch Reddy looking this good in his rookie season? It's not even his rookie season. This is like his pre-rookie season.
1: No, oh, exactly. Yeah. We were talking about this last night when we were watching the game that, when is the last time that we saw someone that was this exciting, you know, this great of a finisher, I'm uh, you right know, off the- Pat- exactly Patchy ready? Maybe it, well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess patch you ready, but de- obviously in his best years with the Habs. Exactly. not definitely yeah. not when he was first starting, you know, he ended up getting sent back down to Hamilton. Uh, so no, he definitely was uh, not as good as Caulfield is right now. But man, this this guy, like the the confidence that that he exudes, that after you know Robin Leonard said something to the effect is uh, of that oh. he all basically Caulfield always does the same thing. We know exactly what he's gonna do, and for him to basically say, oh well, I'm I'm glad he said that. Now I know that I, I can work on other things or whatever and uh, yeah, and then yeah, the score yeah. last night you know i mean it was just it's so poetic
0: and just like seeing like it, like the way he just enjoys the game he always has a giant smile on his face like not only when he's making big plays or whatever sometimes you know during the broadcast the camera will pan to random players or they'll just pan across the bench and will show like he's always smiling like no matter what's <laughs> happening he he's and it's like i was watching the 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 hockey the hockey gun on on youtube i don't know if i don't know if you, if you watch him but he's he's probably the most popular hockey youtuber and he's actually gets sometimes some slack for being a bruins fan and people think he's a bit of a homer but i think he does actually a pretty good job of uh, of being impartial and uh, of course as a bruins fan not want to want to sing the praise of of Habs players but he even him, he was saying wherever Cole Caulfield is right now, I don't know what he's doing, but I can tell you he's smiling. You know, <laughs> like like even Bruins fans are seeing this guy. This guy, and it's it's one of those guys that it, it pisses you off when you see him on the other team because you're like, oh man, I would love him Like I can't hate him, even if it's on a rival. Like I can't help but root for him, and that's what we got in Cole Caulfield. and Nick Suzuki's got a little bit of that too. I mean, you you go online, everyone loves those kids. Absolutely everyone.
1: I mean, those all th- all three of them. I mean, the- these guys are just so exciting to watch. But obviously, especially Cole Caulfield, and he's just getting started. Like you said, basically his pre rookie season here. Yeah. And I mean, like just uh, again, first of all, the confidence that he that he just seems to exude all- every time he's on the ice, and you see it every time. The other team, when Caulfield has the puck, they 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 tend to back off a lot because they know yeah. that eh, this guy can hurt us bad if we make a mistake
0: and he's so, so quick like his 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 puck handling like up up close it, it's just he can change directions and change like what he's about to do in, in in a split second right so I feel like it's part of the reason why these players kind of back off on him because they, they almost don't know what to expect it's it, it, it's really impressive to see it's he's so much I was expecting at best Kind of like a pure sniper that gets a lot of goals, maybe on the power play. He kind of sets up and in he you know, like wherever his office would be, uh, kind of like of a uh, how Oveshkin does it on the power play. Obviously, Ovechkin's a complete player. Also, I'm not comparing Koffel to Ovechkin, but I'm just saying like, but then he comes in. He, he's even been responsible defensively. He's done some nice back checking plays. I mean, he he's done a bunch of those great plays. He's been obviously a fantastic playmaker. I mean, he was get, racking up the assists before he even started scoring in the playoffs. And then the, the the deking ability, the puck, like the puck handling in general. It's just every aspect of his game. And if there's the obviously the whole thing about him was always the size. Size is an issue. If he was six foot two, he probably would have been drafted like top five, if not top three, in, in, in his draft. But because he's small, he went to 15th. We are in the playoffs against the Golden Knights, which are known as one of the biggest, most physical teams in the league and it's not affecting him at all. He's having arguably his best series of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, like, no, I mean he's he just going to stop him? better. No, exactly. He just keeps getting better, you know, as as these playoffs have gone on, he he just seems to look better and he looks so comfortable out there. And like you said, I mean, you know, we, we everybody was expecting him to be like, you know, a good sniper and that, that that was obvious, but the vision that he's that he's showing and for me, I mean, the the also in his own zone, like the way that he plays defensively at just you know a 200 foot game basically yeah. i mean yes he's small he's gonna get bumped off the puck that's that's no secret but the way that he plays and just his positioning all the time he's strong on the forecheck but he just does it all and man like i cannot wait to see this guy when he gets you know a little bit older you know a little bit more uh, has a little bit more muscle on him and that
0: man this guy is the limit for this guy it's yeah, crazy yeah. absolutely i it, it, it really is i i just it's and, like you said, he just keeps getting better. Uh, I, I don't know. it's 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 crazy. I mean, who thought we'd be at this point in the in this series? because I mean, really, if you look at it, the first game, Vegas definitely outplayed. and like like we talked about, uh, it was a situation where like the team was sorely missing uh, Jeff Petrie. Uh, and also, there's a the whole thing about you know, coming off a sweep versus Vegas, uh, I think they won in six against Colorado. So you know I wasn't that surprised to see uh, the kid the team drop game one, but aside from that, There's Game 3. The team didn't have a great game at all in Game 3, but still pulled off the win. But now, is this series going to be remembered? I mean, nothing's over yet, obviously. But if the Canadians win the turning point of this series, and uh, he seems like a great guy, but it's got to be Marc-André Fleury fumbling the puck. It's got to be that.
1: For sure. I mean, the Canadians... You know, and, and fair enough. They, they they were obviously they came out very, very flat in game three. Yeah. Um to a certain extent, I mean, you can kind of understand it because of what happened with Dominic Duchamp before the game. Was yeah. he gonna be there? Did he test positive? So, you know, you can you you always almost expected that to happen. They obviously didn't play a very good game. Um, you know, they had I think the shots after two periods were like thirty one to eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know, I it mean, it, it was look. the
0: one game that Price was kind of like – if if we're going to say Price stole any games, it would have been that one. But then he had a bit of an uncharacteristic yeah, – like it, it wasn't the weakest goal. I mean the low blocker shot it is – you know, Peter Rangel placed that in a perfect spot. But it's still a, a, a shot that you expect Carey Price to get, right? And when that went in, in the early in the third when the Canadians had been completely dumped, like the only chance felt like Price stealing it, right? Yeah. It really. Yeah, exactly. felt, I think I actually said like when we were watching it, I said seconds before Anderson scores, it's like they're not doing anything. Like I can't see. I I I I wasn't even expecting to get necessarily a chance to score in the last two minutes, and then that happens.
1: No, no, exactly. Yeah, and I mean definitely the Peter Angelo goal. He he. I don't think he Price was expecting the shot, yeah. and it just caught him off guard because it was it was. You know, he just came into the zone and shot it kind of. You know, it's it's not really a shot you'd ex- be expecting when the goalie's playing that good. You know, you're you're expecting him to try to beat him with For something sure. a little bit better than that. Uh, but yeah, li- like you said, I mean, it did not, they were not putting up any fight whatsoever. It looked like they were dead in the water. You know, just a simple dumping and flurry
0: just yeah. bombs. Yeah, and <laughs> what I-, 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 I do want to give some props to Anish and on that because obviously there's no skill involved there and all that. But the thing with Anderson – and it's funny because when we were watching the game, you were calling him out saying he needs to do more, needs to produce more. And I was kind of defending him in a little bit because even though he wasn't producing, I did feel like he was kind of driving the net. And he was – the effort was still there and it just wasn't clicking. And the thing is, is, like I said, obviously it's it's Fleury's mistake and he just needed to tap it in. But Anderson – is the one guy that if he's on the ice, he's always going to be there. Like he's always going to pressure. He's always going to skate hard. He's always like, there's situations where goalies bobble the puck and the goal doesn't happen because the defenseman's there first, but Anderson was there first. And, and, and I don't think that's nothing either. Like he was there to put pressure on Fleury and, and then he taps it in. And then of course it affects, affects the goal in the Knights. And then the, the the Canadians have, the OT was their best period. And then that, that OT winner that, that, that was like such a beautiful goal like the whole thing like from 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 petrie creating the turnover to then cod kenyemi doing that that lob in the middle straight to anderson anderson taps it down i don't think anderson meant to pass it to byron that would be crazy and honestly i love anderson i don't think he ever really means to pass it uh, <laughs> and then byron with a beautiful fake shot past to anderson it just what a goal what a goal and once again in overtime they win it it's just this team just feels like a team of destiny
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's what a play by, first of all, along the boards and then for Anderson to just knock it down like that out of the air. I mean, that was, that was an amazing play. And to stay on side at the same time. I mean, it was just, just a fantastic play. Yeah. I definitely don't think he meant he meant to make the pass to Byron and then Byron with just an amazing move there to deke out flurry out of his jock strap and make the pass over to Anderson. It was just, just beautiful. And and I mean, definitely a game the Canadians really had no business being in no. and definitely no business winning.
0: But it, it felt that much sweeter, though, because even though that is true, that was the first Chris Lee game and it was a, a horribly officiated. I mean, it, the, the focus went more to to game four because there was that punch uh, that uh, by McNabb and then the Canadians ended up losing that. But that game was equally uh, horribly officiated. So even though in a in a way they didn't deserve it it felt like they did deserve it because here's the thing like i don't want to ask like like i don't want to put in my conspiracy theory uh-huh, and think that necessarily the league wants us to lose or whatever i think at this point chris lee's just an incompetent ref but the thing is is even if he were like i don't believe it's been equal i think that there's been more infractions uncalled by the the, the, the Knights than the canadians and the power plays that they did get from chris lee were always at the end of a period which we all know you know like it it just it's just it's, can't be that much of a coincidence that both are like that. But the thing is, let's say it's called it was called evenly, and both teams had as many infractions that went uncalled. Well, that is to Vegas's advantage. The Montreal Canadiens have not went 11 games without allowing a power play goal. Their their their, their PK is, is is percentage is historic right now. And their power play has been fantastic. So they are the better special teams play team right now in, in, in these playoffs. So having a ref calling nothing is 100 to the advantage of the Golden Knights, even if it's equal on both sides. So it's yeah. bullshit regardless.
1: No, absolutely. No, I mean uh, – uh, and you saw it on Twitter. You saw it everywhere. Basically, everyone in the media was calling them out. Yeah. I mean, you know, be it people in Boston – and uh, b- people in Toronto, certainly people on TSN who, you know, are typically not the biggest Habs fans, of course, but, you know, everyone was saying just how atrocious the, the, the refing was in those two games. I mean, and, and obviously in those two games, it was for different reasons. I mean, in game three was basically, you know, Vegas getting all the power plays, the Canadians barely got anything. And then in game four, they basically just let everything go, which, yeah. which is, you know, basically just as bad. I mean, do your job,
0: man exactly it's so interesting that how game four was basically the exact same game as game three except in reverse Where now the canadians dominated absolutely deserved to win but couldn't get that extra goal and then they lose in an overtime and that's what made it so much more uh, frustrated but that, that that's it's it, it just shows how even of a series it is right there, there there's one game where it's uh, the, the the canadians get dominated uh, and uh, still win this is another game than the Canadians dominate, and 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 they lose. I mean, that 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 loss was was heartbreaking, honestly. That uh, on on the Nicaragua yeah. goal and overtime, and McNabb getting the tying goal too. That that was such a frustrating game.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, you know, they played a perfect game, basically the yeah. Canadians. I mean, they, you know, and and unfortunately, the goal that Price led led in the third period. You would definitely like to have that. You know, he stops yeah. that ninety nine point nine percent. Yeah. Of the time, I mean, it was it was an unfortunate goal, and then you know it ended up costing the game, costing the game the uh, to the Canadians there in the in the overtime, obviously with Wah scoring. But uh, I was pretty impressed with the way that they bounced back last night yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I thought, absolutely. you know, that was you know they they had the chance to go up three one in the series, they lose a game like that, especially at home. They're going back to Vegas. I thought, man, it's going to be a tough one to win, but. And the way the Canadians played last night. And once again, I mean, they basically played a perfect game
0: last night. Uh, it was their best game in the, the playoffs. I, I think I think it, it, not much and it just looks, it looks like also this team I don't know if it's the team gets better as uh, as a series progresses or it's it's that the other team like it's it, it seems so shitty to play against the Canadians. You know, like the other teams are not having a good time. We're throwing the body. we got guys like Anderson hitting nonstop on the defense, obviously. You got Sherratt got and, and, uh, and Weber and Edmondson just whacking you nonstop. I mean, you're not having a good time. And you got guys like Pacioretty and Stone are not having a series at all. Like this is another series where the top guns on the other team are getting completely shut down uh, by this team. And it just feels like they just don't want to they don't want to be there almost, you know, and it's the more the series progresses, the the, the more you, you see it. Because it, yesterday was, it was really, like, obviously it's easy to say it's a turning point because it's what gave them the lead in the series, but it was really Vegas played the better game game one and then Canadians game two. And then g- game three it was uh, Vegas again and then game four. Like, it was alternating who played the better game, but then we got back-to-back Canadians playing the best game. Even though coming off losing after playing the best game, it just... I mean, I think a lot needs to be said about the Duchamp system. They, they embrace it, and Luke Richardson stepping in. His in-game management has been great. I mean, it, top to bottom, I mean, honestly, the only player that has been a little frustrating to watch, and I don't understand why he's still on the ice, is John Merrill. Like, I see him make a mistake or two at least once a game. But aside from that, I don't think I have a complaint about any other player on this team.
1: No, no, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, John Merrill. I, I, I have no idea why he's out there I mean I definitely think Kulak and Romanov are both much much better options yeah, yeah. um yeah it's uh, I don't know what the love is exactly for John Merrill but anyway as long as they keep winning I mean it's it's hard to argue with it I guess Yeah, but that's yeah the he thing. definitely that's the thing. you know he definitely does seem to get beat uh, every once in a while but talking about coaching decisions why flurry
0: last night What oh, what man. the hell was up with that I, I don't get it. I mean, a lot of people were complaining about putting Leonard in after he made that mistake. I actually think that, w- that was the right move, but I was surprised by the move. I think that was kind of a, a ballsy move by because Leonard is a solid goaltender and he played very well in game four. Game four flurries in net. I, I think the Canadians pull that out. I I, I do. I, th- I think Leonard was a difference maker. But then, like you said, just to go back to Flurry after, like I don't think Flurry played atrocious, but he didn't play great either. No, just and and now it's like he's such in a weird position, you know?
1: Like well, yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's that for me is the, is the thing that now it just puts him in such a weird position. Who do you go with now? Like it just seems like such a desperate move, especially now, and like are regardless of who you play, Flurry or Leonard. <laughs> is the goalie really going to be that confident
0: going yeah. into this game? It's uh, it's a weird one for sure. I, I, I don't like, I think like, I, I kind of hope he goes back to flurry. Uh, I mean, I, I know Leonard had some poor games before that game against much. And it's not like he, it's like the Canadians dominated, but they didn't have that many high danger. Uh, ch- I mean, the, the, that Caulfield breakaway that Leonard saved was, was probably the biggest, yeah. biggest mo- moment of the night there. but, I mean, who do you think he goes to tomorrow? Do you think he sticks with Flurry? No, I think
1: he's going to go back to Leonard. Um, you know, I mean, I definitely don't think Flurry played too well last night. I mean, it definitely
0: wasn't his fault. That's the thing. It's it's not like there, there's, there's it's not like the other game where he can say yeah. you could say the last game the like the, 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 the uh, game three they lost because of Flurry, right? So it's it's a bit easier to make that change then. But I want to say they lost because of Flurry yesterday. I mean, no, no one played well yesterday. So then it's kind of hard to then are you putting the blame on him? I mean, he just put himself in such an awkward position.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It's weird. It's, it's, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. Uh, I definitely think he's going to go back to Leonard, but uh, I mean, uh, I think nothing DeBoer does at this point is going to surprise me, so.
0: Yeah, no, no the, the, that's a good point. I mean, you got to think they're going to come out desperate tomorrow, but I just, if the Canadians keep playing the way they're playing, Canadians back at home after
1: a big win. They're up three two on Saint Jean. It's it's destiny.
0: Exactly. It, it honestly feels that way. Like as soon as I saw that there was a possibility of the Canadians like winning the series on Saint Jean, it just felt inevitable. Like it felt like it had like nothing's done yet, but. It could literally nothing. It's not something that should ever happen, right? It's 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 not normal that we're playing hockey on June 24th. It may never happen again. Usually the draft is around now, you know? Yeah, yeah it's no, just,
1: exactly. It's, it's a weird one, but, man, uh, like, yeah, it's it's perfect storybook. It would be a perfect storybook finish. Well, I guess not a finish because it would be winning the series. Uh, still got one series left to go. But uh, yeah it would have been even better if we could have won the cup
0: on Saint Jean but yeah we'll take this. I mean it, it, nothing's done yet you know let's uh, let's not make any assumptions but, but that that's the th- another thing that I, I kind of have been loving about this team is don't get me like they get excited at the end of their wins and all that but at the same time it's like like at the end of yesterday's game that was a huge win like you said maybe the biggest win for the Montreal Canadiens in the last 28 years but the team that left for their locker room looked like a team that was just that felt like okay that's just one game but we're not done you know what I mean like they they they' they're not overly kind of excited because sometimes you see that sometimes with teams it's like okay but you're not done yet you know like don't put all the emotion out there and a lot of that I think and I think Bergman has has looked great in these playoffs that Acquiring all the, the veteran presence that we have on this team, these these former Stanley Cup winners that knows what it takes to win. Now, there's so many on this team, right? There's Perry, there's Stahl, there's Edmondson, uh, there's um, uh, who, who am I, Foley, of course, uh, even Allen, like uh, even though he's just a backup goaltender. I mean, having those guys that have gone all the way, it, it's making such a huge difference for this team.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, we, we were sort of saying when they were down against Toronto that, oh, you know, he's relying too much on these veterans, yeah. that, you know, especially guy, a guy like Eric Stahl, who just looked awful for the most part, uh, you know, well, especially in the, in the regular season, but we're, we're definitely seeing it pay dividends right now. And I mean, yeah, this, this team, like you said, I mean, they just look like they're on a mission. You know, the young guys are, are doing exactly what they have to do. The, the veterans, man, they're, I mean, Corey perry man what can you say about this guy like it's Incredible. like he's, he's turned back the clock like it, it's crazy and you know you touched on it earlier when we were talking about like this is sort of the beginning of the future right now yeah and i mean there, there's no better recipe for you know those those young kids to progress than absolutely. winning absolutely you know, we've seen teams like Edmonton, like Buffalo. That I mean, they've had a, a lot of talented players, a lot of talented young players, and they never took the took the next step because they were never winning. They got into those losing habits, and and that's that destroys the franchise. And it's the opposite here for the Canadians. So it, it's the few, the 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 present and the future are definitely super exciting.
0: And I, I just feel that much better, even about what this team's gonna look like going into next year, like it really seems like as much as like towards the end of the year, we weren't feeling Dusham, like we weren't convinced he was going to be brought back. I mean, Bergevin just got nominated for GM of the year. There was talk of firing him uh, when, uh, when they were down three one against Toronto. I mean, or, or before that towards the end of, of the regular season, but it, it really seems like more and more that, that, Crazy, crazy schedule they had because of COVID. Now, of course, every team had a crazy schedule, but it was that much worse for the Canadians because uh, they had that that week off that they had to take because of uh, of, of the positive result. It's just it, it it seems like the team really was in it was in a, a tough position in the regular season, and the system was never put into place. And the, the, this is not the same like the, the coach is making a big difference here. Is what I'm trying to say. Like it's not the same system at all that Julien used to used to preach. Like a big difference that, that I notice here is that we're not just taking a bunch of low danger j- shots, you know, they wait for their opportunities. They're not just shooting from everywhere. And then when they do get an opportunity, it's, it, it's a, t- it's a scoring opportunity. It's a, it's a top opportunity and and they, they've they been capitalizing. And it's just, I, I think we, we might be, the Canadians might have actually be a very, very good team for, for, for years to come. And a few podcasts ago, I was worried about the division next year. And if this team could even make the playoffs after this run, but, i'm not concerned about it as much anymore i tell you that much i still think work <laughs> needs to be done on uh, on the defensive uh unit uh, depending on what happens with the expansion draft and all that but man this yeah, it's, team is
1: it's, it's good it's exciting man they're they're excited to watch these kids and i mean we still got lots of great young kids coming up in the system over the over the next couple of years that man are just going to add to the to the excitement of this team but yeah, I mean it's it's still a fair question. I think you know. I mean, obviously we'll worry about that next year. But the 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 Canadians are win one heck of a division It's going to be tough. But I mean, this the experience these young guys are getting right now are definitely you know they're they're going to pay dividends later.
0: But, but guys, that's the thing. It's like it's getting the taste of what it's like to 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 win. Like even if they don't win, go all the way. Even if they don't win the the, the cup or even make it to the final, the, the, they've been on a run where guys like Suzuki or a guy like Caulfield, where he's just had a, a even not just in the NHL, he's, he's had quite the, the year, right? It's once you've experienced that, you don't want to let that go. And that's why we, we've talked about in the past, like you said, just before with Edmonton, where it creates kind of like a, a, a losing culture. It's because you kind of don't know what you're missing out. And I'm so happy they're getting to experience it with the, some fans in there. I mean, even yesterday in Vegas, like, you you it you can basically not travel, so it just shows that there's Montreal fans in the States already already, and you were hearing the Ole chant in Vegas, and I mean like like seeing the shots outside the arena and all that. I mean I mean that you gotta think for those players getting to experience that, especially the young guys who have barely gotten to play in front of fans so far because because of COVID. You know it's 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 been a year that. They, it's just and seeing what the what the views look like. You, we see that these guys are active on social media, you know, and they're active on Twitter, and they're doing the same thing we are at the end of the game, you know. That they're going and they're seeing these shots of the crowd going crazy in front of the Bell Center and all that. And I, I, I don't know. It it just it just feels like such a beginning of. It's not like a team on its last kind of legs, its last like shot at the cup. It just feels like the the beginning of of of, of the next like kind of like let's say like five years you know teams can transform quickly but i think it's going to be a solid team for years to come now
1: absolutely and i mean why you know like like you said you see everything that's going on with social media all the i mean obviously this is when when things go good in montreal but all the excitement around the city and and the yeah. fans how crazy they are how passionate they are i mean why wouldn't you want to play in front of these fans and and in this city
0: and just i mean live that experience right I mean, it's it's it, it's been it's been incredible, and like we we talked about it last week, there's we've had a few of these runs as uh, as Habs fans over the last few years. I mean, it's the third time in the conference finals uh, in, in in kind of recent memory, but first time they get three wins. I mean, it's the first it's the first time they get a single win in the first two games, right? Like the the last two times they they went down 0 and two, so this is the best run in, in, in our lifetime. Cause I, like, I always say, I don't, I, I don't remember 93 personally. Like, that's not really, uh, you know, I'm 34 years old. I was I was very young at the time. It's not really something that, you know, I can relate to that much. And th- 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 this is the, the best, best time I've had watching hockey my whole life.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. No, I mean, same here. I'm, well, we're both 34. Yeah. It was pretty, we were pretty young when, uh, back in 93, vaguely remember it. But uh, yeah, I mean, by far the most exciting hockey we've ever seen for sure. And and again, like you said, I mean, it's not like it's a team that it is all veterans. I mean, obviously we do have a lot of important veterans, but it's a team that uh, that you got to think is going to be good for a long time. So yeah. it's it's just the start of something of something great.
0: Yeah, and and it's not just Price. That's the thing. You know, the people that are still saying that are just not watching the games. Uh, Price was one hundred percent. Like, for, like first of all, let me be clear that if they do go on to win the cup, he, he wins the con Smythe and there's no arguments. am not saying, am not saying the opposite, but I'm just saying it's more than just that. He, he, he definitely played a huge part and you can almost argue stole the Toronto series. But since then he hasn't needed to, it's not like he stole the, the Winnipeg series the Canadians swept them. And it's, it's, it's been everyone, you know, I mean, Nick Suzuki at this point, he has what 20 points in 26 uh, career playoff games. And, and j- I mean, just this season, He's at what, fourteen points, no, thirteen points in sixteen games. It's to he has got fourteen and sixteen. I mean, we, we, and then and then it's just like we have so many players that have like kind of like a point every other game. You know, like we're getting production from everyone. Everyone is participating in this run right now. It's, it's 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 really a team that wants to win together. Yeah,
1: I mean that, and you know that's that's what you need, right? I mean that's that's what the Canadians were built for for that depth. And we're seeing that depth pay off now. I mean, like you said, everybody's doing it. And that's, that's what they need. That's, that's how, a, how a team wins the Stanley Cup is when everybody's
0: participating. Oh, exactly. So now going to, into tomorrow, like obviously we talked about Saint-Jean, you know, as is tradition. And we, in Quebec, we party on Saint-Jean, you know. Uh, it's going to be quite the day. If the Canadians win, my one concern is that Montreal might burn down uh it's it's a, like a valid concern let's be honest but how confident are you going in cuz they they're coming off two of their best performances in the playoffs yeah. even though they lost the first one it's two of their best performances they they have to be the odds on favorite at this point like they they've just they're outplaying vegas but vegas is not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination they're not going to go down easy no
1: definitely no it's going it's definitely going to be a tough game but uh I definitely, definitely think the Habs are winning tomorrow. Yeah, and and I think they're, I think they're going to win handily. Like I th- I'm, like I feel like a three nothing,
0: like, a, like a similar game to yesterday's yeah. game.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, th- I think they're just out of answers at this point. Vegas, you
0: know, they, they haven't have
1: had, had any answers the last two games. Haven't had any answers for Price really, and uh, the Canadians.
0: I mean, they've just had their number really. I mean, they felt dejected the at time, The the yeah. Golden Knights. The, 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 like, they just seem so towards the end of the game, they're getting booze from their fans. And they just, like you said, they, they look like they don't have an answer. Yeah. They, they, they don't know what to do. it. so, as long as the Canadians keep up the same kind of like tight defensive play and Price keeps, keeps playing the way he's been playing, I, I agree with you. I just, I, I mean, and We haven't been that confident about this. It, it, part of me is just because like, like last podcast, we've been joking about this all week. But last podcast, the the we the main criticisms we had for this team were the Kanemine line. And since that podcast, <laughs> that line has been scoring nonstop. It seems so. Uh, the part of me is worried. I mean, like you know, you know, like obviously, I don't think that what I say has a direct impact on what happens with the Canadians. But at the same time, I kind of feel like it does. You know what I mean? Like we're sports fans. We're fucking crazy. I'm almost <laughs> worried to predict a win. Because what every time we predict it, it doesn't happen, it seems like, you know? But I, I i have I feel the same way as you do. I really feel like they pull it pull it out tomorrow. It's, it's destiny. Saint Jean's never gonna happen again. No,
1: exactly. and uh yeah it feels like every time we bash someone on the podcast or, or the team as a whole it just, they, the team explodes or the player yeah. just plays amazing. And actually, I tweeted out from our account uh, in game, I think it was game three, that how bad the refs were. And then uh, we got a tweet back from JF Hebert saying uh, they were almost as bad as your guy's take on <laughs> <laughs> Which Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, man. Like, I, I hope they keep proving us. Well, I guess not now because we're saying they're gonna win. But, uh, you know, Anderson obviously proved me wrong with that game, uh, game in game three, scoring yeah. two, two goals. And, yeah, man. Hopefully they keep, uh, they keep. You know, when we're shitting on them, hopefully they keep proving us wrong.
0: Not, not exactly that. That's what you guys don't understand, the listeners. Is we we shit on Shirat because we know it makes him play better. You know. There like, you go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it does seem like Shirat. We have a few players that it seems like they only care about the playoffs, right? Because they are, look completely different in the playoffs versus the regular season. You know, Price included, you know? Oh, definitely Price. Yeah, it definitely starts with Price. I mean,
1: Sherrod, I still think he hasn't been, you know, great. He's, he's had his ups and downs. But, I mean, yeah, he's definitely played a lot better in the playoffs than he did in the in the regular season. Oh,
0: for sure. And my point with Sherrod has always been, it's not that he's good or bad. is that he's not supposed to be playing 25 minutes. You know, on on the top pairing every game, but that's what he's been doing, and 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 it's been it's been working. But the, the thing with the defense, I really think it's it's the system, and they've all bought into it, and they they're just playing as a unit. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like we like the team doesn't really have much stars on on, on defense. You know, like Petrie is the closest thing to it, but then. His offensive output, I think, is taking a bit of a hit with with the injury. Although he's still making some nice passes and all that, but it's just it's like those games where, or, or like when when Peach was out when they would or like in, late in the uh, Toronto series where they would admit they would mix the lines, right? They would have different defensemen playing together. That the pairings were all over the place during the game, and it didn't really seem to affect them because they they all play as one. It really feels like like the. The, the the sum of his parts is, is better than like the, the individuals themselves, you know, and it's, they've all bought into it and, and, it, and it's working great. It's, it's working beautifully. And now I'm what I'm wondering, like Luke Richardson steps in. So first of all, he, he coaches the defense. So he, he, Dusham has a big part to play, of course, but he obviously has a huge part to play in how the, how the defensemen play. And it's two playoffs in a row that the defense plays really well in the playoffs. And now he stepped in for, for Ducharme for these playoffs, and he's looked great. And I, he, in the past, has been looked at as fight by, by some as one of the overlooked potential candidates for a head coaching job. We all know why it's never going to happen in Montreal, but it, it's just, just not. There's no point in talking about it. And Besides, Ducharme has his contract probably already written out. Are, are, are we looking at a situation where Richardson might be uh, might be moving on sooner rather than later? Like is he he's getting his moment right now? You know. Yeah, definitely i mean you know if he, if he wasn't in the spotlight
1: before he definitely is now so you know i mean uh there, there's quite a few vacancies out there so you know i mean you you got to figure he's going to get at least in you know an interview or two for sure and i mean it, it wouldn't be too surprising i mean especially with the job that he's doing now in the spotlight you know with the whole covid situation he's in the the, the conference finals here with the canadians i mean uh he's definitely looking good and and you know, it's the door's probably going to be open. He's going to get some opportunities.
0: I mean, it'd be too bad because, man, I'm, uh, I'm we weren't sure about this coaching staff at the end of the year, but now I'm loving them, and I want, I, know, I hope we can hold on to all of them. I and mean, I haven't felt this good about a coaching situation in Montreal since, uh, actually, since <laughs> ever, I think since. <laughs> Ever, I've never been really a fan of any of the coaches the Canadians have had. Uh, uh, if, uh, if, like it's not like Julien, Talan, Vigneault never had like their moments or anything like that. But uh, and I uh, Deschamps still very, very new too. Like so, we have plenty of time to to stop liking him. But uh, like uh, as it is right now, I'm I'm feeling great about the coaching situation and uh, so same same for the GM. I mean, mm. I'm I'm very comfortable sticking with this with these guys for the next few years. And no doubt about it. Uh, uh yeah, so definitely. I mean so I guess uh so let's let's say they uh the, hypothetically. No, nah, I don't I don't want to even I d I don't wanna even say that. We both feel like they're gonna win tomorrow. Feel good about it. Let's just leave it at that. But yeah. uh th- then I think we had a a question off uh Twitter, you go to uh yeah, so we actually had a, like
1: a couple of comments and we did get one question. Uh so the So uh, we'll we'll throw out the two comments first. So uh, Marc-André Gagnon, first of all, I can't remember a former Hab with that kind of talent at shooting the puck in the last 30 years. I'm talking about Caulfield, obviously. We already sort of touched on that one. Uh, So definitely agree with that. And then uh, Eric Michaud, every time KK has a rough game, he comes back with a solid performance. Obviously had a fantastic performance last night. Uh, And uh, to get to the question, so Hugh, uh, so at Hugh7777 on Twitter, What will our cap space look like? And will Bergevay have enough to sign a a top left winger? Uh, There's a lot of room or a lot of money coming off the books if you look at cap friendly. Uh, And then PK Brett uh, sort of threw threw, out something here. So at Brett Patrick 12, save it for a solid puck moving defenseman. Um, You know, I think any time that we're talking about the cap, it's going to be hard at this point to say, you know, because a lot of it's going to depend first off who's going to get drafted in the expansion draft. Um, you know, I mean, yes, there is a lot of money, uh, but let's not forget that we have to sign, hopefully have to sign Philip Dano, first of all. Who's uh, earning Kaki quite Yemi. the paycheck right now. Yeah, for sure. who obviously have to re-sign him. you got to think the Canadians are going to re-sign Leckinen. Tatar, I think we can all agree, is gone. That's Eric Stahl is going to be gone. Uh, Leak, obviously, is gone. Armia, it's going to be tough to re-sign him, I think, the way that he's playing. Uh, Corey Perry, I think we can agree would probably, if he wants to come back, he's definitely going to be back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, after all that, there's really not that much money. Um, you would have to think that it's going to be left over. So I think it's going to be tough. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the as well. I think, you know, he exactly. probably the last game.
0: Exactly. with the hats. There's so many question marks at this point that it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, the first thing I want to say, I just think it's hilarious that, like it just shows how passionate Habs fans are that we're one win away from the cup, fi- the cup final, and we're get, we're getting questions about off season the cap situation and all that, you know. Like, uh, but I mean, I I, I love it. But there, like you said, there's so many question marks. Like, who knows who gets uh, picked from uh, uh 'cause because like, I I kind of agree with the puck moving defenseman being needed, and especially here's the thing: as far as the expansion draft, it's either going to be Jake Allen or a defenseman. I think that, that the Canadiens are going to lose, uh, like uh, unless like. We, we sign someone else someone else I'm not thinking of it gets exposed and all that. that that's what makes the most sense like it's either going to be because as it is right now there's Shea Weber Jeff Petrie Ben Chirot, and Joel Edmondson you can't you can't protect all four you can only protect three um yeah, my, yeah. my I, guess is Ben Chirot's going to be the one that's going to be exposed as well as he's played in the playoffs only has one year left on his contract he's 30 versus Edmondson still got two years after this year he's 27 uh I mean, an argument can be made that you you could expose Shea Weber, and he probably won't, doesn't get picked up anyways because of his contract. I just don't think Bergeron does that, just yeah. I, like a like like a respect thing and all that. And Petrie's got a no no movement clause, so there's no point even talking about that. So I wouldn't be shocked if Charron is is lost. But it's either that. It could also very well be Jake Allen, who looked great in the regular season, obviously a great backup. But there's probably going to be a lot of goalies available, so it really depends on what that uh, they, they want to do. But then if the Canadiens lose Ben Charron, like. Not only do the Canadians still have a need for a puck moving defenseman, like regardless of what happens here, the Canadians is better with a, with a puck moving defenseman, right? They, on top of that, would just need a defenseman because they just lost Ben Sherrod. Because so, forget about a left winger. If the Canadians lose one of the top four defensemen, the number one priority going into the offseason is replacing. Yeah. And, and I know there's Romanov, too, but you know, he's still. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, you could definitely see Sherrod get picked up. I think at the end of the day, it's probably going to be between Sherrod and Allen. Uh, like you said, I mean, there's probably going to be, you know, I don't know who all the goalies that are that that will be available are going to be, but you know, there'll probably be some good ones. But um, yeah, Sherrod, it particularly if Sherrod leaves, and I mean, you got to think the focus is going to be puck moving defensemen. I think our forward group is is, I mean, especially if the way were to come back, the forward group's pretty decent. I mean, obviously you're losing, per, you're probably going to lose basically the whole fourth line unless Corey Perry comes back. Uh, but you know, after that, you got Ryan. Yeah, but Paling like, with- I'm
0: not worried about that because like you're replacing uh, Perry with uh, with Jake Evans, which we we saw can is that 100% an NHLer. And, and then and then after that, I mean, Army is a loss on the fourth line. But let's say you bring back Perry and Evans, you can you can easily. I mean, you got you got uh, what's his name that had a great uh, season in the AHL. Um, Ryan Palin. Yeah, Ryan Paling. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, the the forward group it only makes sense if you could get a top end talent. But then, like, you don't need to be spending more the the only way maybe I'm going for it is if is if like we they lose Dano then Dan, uh, not Dano Douane. Yeah. But but then it's if Douane does come back then you're adding a De Ruin, Like that's who's replacing Armia basically, right? Because the hasn't been here this, this entire this entire run, right? Uh or like so yeah, so I, yeah, I don't see yeah. I don't see who could be on the forward group. It's it's really the 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 defense that's gonna need addressing, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's a, uh, yeah. To, I mean, again, we, there, there's a little ways to go here. Obviously we have to get through this season first. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and actually we just got one, uh, one other question that literally just came in, uh, from Kevin Rogers. So at K a Rogers 77, if we get to the cup finals, who would you rather play and why? I mean, oh. I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I would think so. I think the Islanders are definitely the easier team to, to be to the two. I mean, first of all, no one's easier. No one's easy. No I, no, I guess not. But I mean,
0: first of all, I'd much rather see the Islanders win because that—that's the that—that's that, the—that's the main thing, right? That's the that's the the whole like thing with them being eighteen million dollars over the cap and all that. They're coming off a Cup win too, and all that. The, the Lightning have to be the favorites as far as like all the teams remaining at, at, at this point. But at the same time, the Canadians have been like. Every single playoff series, the so-called experts—I mean, including us—like we, we weren't predicting this either. Let's not <laughs> pretend like we were. I have been calling the Canadians to lose in four or five, and like the the, the 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 people that believed in the Canadians the most were predicting them to lose in six or seven. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like that, 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 that's what it's been. The story's been the whole time. So whoever it is, I believe in this team at this point. No, exactly. I mean, uh,
1: you know, after what we saw with them come back against Toronto down three, uh, one, I'm, I would not bet on this team or bet against this team, I should say. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I definitely, I would rather see the Islanders first of all, because I like the Islanders a lot more than, than the lightning. And I think the lightning, I mean, that, that often, I mean, they have one of the top three goaltenders in the world. That's uh, I mean, their defense, they probably have the best defenseman in the NHL and Victor Hedman. Their forwards are amazing, so I mean they're going to be tough to beat. But uh, but no, I mean I think at the end of the day the Canadians could beat either one of them. I just yeah the, the big
0: thing with it. the Lightning that 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 worries me is looking at like Vasilevsky, it's getting kind of like shoved under the rug like because he's on such a strong team offensively and all that and he, like you're the defense too. He has a better save percentage than carry Price right now. You know like he's he's having a wonderful playoff run. Uh, in himself, so definitely not an easy team to face uh, uh, but but this same same as you though, like just as a fan of hockey, I would much rather see uh, the Islanders win, so hopefully they can pull off and bring it to game seven uh, tonight. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, who cares, man? the Canadians make it to the cup final? I mean I, 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 like I said like i don't I don't remember ninety three so t- to me, we've never made it to the cup final ever so. Nothing. Like that, 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 alone. I mean, no matter what, obviously you want to win the cup, but that alone, getting to play in the cup final, is just. I don't know we're going to be watching hockey in July. It's insane. <laughs> what's, what's what's going on? Uh, but hey, like like we we keep saying, it's it's not over yet. We're we're confident in this team going to into tomorrow's game. But Vegas is not a bad team, and, and they're they're going to give it their all. They're going to absolutely give it their all. And I do think tomorrow's game, the first period especially. If, if Price is on, I think that's what's going to be the big determining point. If Price is is on and can kind of like – because you see it sometimes. Teams come out really strong and they want to kind of right away and they get a few chances and then Price kind of stonewalls them a bunch of times and then it kind of takes the win out of their sails. And they're like, oh, it's this again. this again. We can't, we're not going to be able to score on this guy. And I think that's going to be the big difference. There's no reason to, be, to believe that Price is not going to have a great game. So – but hey, it's not over, man. I'm still. I'm just talking about it, stressing me out. That's the thing. It's how do how do fans of teams that make it this far every year do it? It's so, <laughs> it's so stressful. So stressful. Oh man, I mean, but uh, it's gonna. Yeah, hopefully they can get off to a good
1: start tomorrow, and uh, you know if they can. And I mean, Price hasn't had a bad game yet,
0: so no. I think they're gonna do it. All right. I mean, hopefully they do. I mean, at the end of the day, this is this has been incredible. Uh, and, and that for it to happen now with the whole pandemic and everything, you know, like I know everyone's gone through it. It's not just Habs fans, obviously, but it, oh, it, it, feel, it feels so good. It, it, this this is we're going to remember like this is so memorable forever. You know, the, the Habs run during the like the the like the, the pandemic ending at the same. It's just It'll it's just perfect. a perfect storm. I think it's beautiful. Anyway, so enjoy the, the St. Jean celebrations followed by, hopefully, the Montreal Canadian celebration uh, tomorrow. I mean, yeah, we will for sure. Uh, Dustin's. I'm going to try to keep him off Twitter tomorrow, actually, because he's probably going to have a little too much in him to make any sense <laughs> on there. But uh, I mean, like I keep saying every week, keep enjoying this run, man. You, you don't get these that often, but when you get them, you got to enjoy them. For sure. So, uh, as always, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week uh, talking about maybe game one of the semi Cup final at that point. Uh, yeah, you never know.